1: and welcome to episode 303 of geek town radio i am back this week with hey how are you doing i'm good Dave. thank you it's not been
0: long since i was last on and I, it's a pleasure to be back so soon
1: yes yes we're, we've sped up the rotation very slightly because uh with Bex being out at the moment because she's buried under piles of work which is good news but she's still quite busy she will be back on at some point when things calm down for her but uh it means that uh, the rotation's like sped up a little bit so you're back quite early for a change yep. what have you been watching the last few weeks well
0: not a huge amount it's been quite busy for me There's 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 no film of the month yet. I know June's not over. I haven't seen enough new stuff to uh, talk about my film of the month. So I'm going to leave that one for a moment. Uh, I'm going to talk about some of the series I've binged over the last three weeks. Um, I finished this time with Alan Partridge on BBC. I also finished Inside Number 9. Both really strong. I think I preferred Inside Number 9 this time around. I have this relationship with Alan Partridge where... I know it's supposed to be cringe humour, but I just feel so uncomfortable when watching it. And yeah, I'm I'm not on that borderline of just finding it hilariously funny yet. I just, I'm more cringy when I'm watching it. So uh, yeah, definitely preferred Inside Number Nine, what they do and just to know about the twists as you get closer to the end of the episode. um, I'm always trying to second guess what the twists will be, but they're just such good idea generators. Yeah. Steve and Reese who make it. So really enjoyed that. Um, And I also finished Invincible, obviously late to the party. I know when I was in, in the, the last podcast with you and Matt I was I think I had two episodes left and I oh, really enjoyed it it's so gory I mean it's so brilliant comparable to the boys I liked how they left it gives us lots of potential for season two and I believe season three which they've given the green light to have two more seasons after this Um, and uh, no really enjoyed it liked the storyline and I think actually it's quite good as a cartoon I think I, I was sitting there towards the end thinking I wonder if it could be a live action drama but I don't think it needed to be and I think it was more Believable, and I just love the sort of the real raft of brilliant names offering voices to that as well.
1: Yeah, I think you'd struggle doing that in live action as well because yeah. oh, the, yeah. the budget you'd need. And I think they get away with a lot more in animated form. That I, I think, I mean, you can get away with a lot of gore in live action, but I think you kind of struggle to get away with quite as much as they did in Invincible. I mean, the final episode, I, I won't. Go into exactly what happened. But I mean, there are some brutal, brutal moments in that final episode. It's so horrific. I I don't think you'd be able to get away with that in live action. It's certainly not quite to the same extent. So I think it works well as an animated series. I've actually read the first five comic books as well, which are are kind of interesting because much like The Walking Dead, it is sort of the same story. There are certain plot points which are the same, but it's entirely remixed in a different order and things pop uh, up at different points like the guardians don't appear until like the second book and uh, you know so there's there's all sorts of things moved around in it so you can actually read the books and get a very different experience to the tv show i kind of preferred what they did with the tv show actually to the books but they're interesting as well just to to see that and there's bits in the book story which have been altered for the tv version i think in a positive way as well so uh it's good if you're a fan of it it is worth going out and getting the books and to run alongside it but uh, yeah I, I love the TV series and it is, has been renewed for two more seasons as well at yeah. least so definitely
0: looking forward to that coming back um, and then a lot of the things I'm currently watching um, I haven't started loads of new things just because being so busy but uh, I'm currently watching Loki obviously second episode just aired last week mm-hmm. um, are you watching that at the moment Dave yes, are you enjoying that
1: yeah I am I think it's really interesting slightly more in the Wonder Vision vein of being a little more off the wall rather than straight MCU you know there's there's yeah, lots of yeah. weird and wonderful stuff in there Tom Hiddleston is fantastic it's a different area that we haven't seen before it's playing around with the timelines and all that sort of stuff they are I think setting things up for this Multiverse of Madness movie which I think is going to be the big sort of tentpole thing Yeah, sort of like Civil War ended up being in the last phase it's, it's the thing that I think is going to start to merge things together and will explode the MCU in an entirely different direction. I'm really looking forward to seeing where they end up going with it, but uh, it's yeah. been great so far.
0: Yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's, it's above the Falcon and Winter Soldier for me. I just, mm-hmm. I think I like uh, when you get to try and look for little Easter eggs and links and you didn't have that in Falcon and Winter Soldier. It was a very straight drama. Whereas both WandaVision and now obviously with, with Loki, you're looking for those references to the any part of the universe and you are trying to work out those links. And even when they said, oh, that was supposed to happen, when they referred to what happened in Endgame, I was like, oh, yes, of course it was. And that's why it makes sense. And, you know, I like that sort of engagement with the program, whereas Falcon and Winter Soldier had none of that. It was very straight, straight down the line. And it didn't give you that depth and linking. And, I, you know, apart from knowing we've got a new Captain America for the next phase, I don't know what that drama actually did mm-hmm. for the storylines i think that's where i'm sort of confused one division set something up you can see after episode 2 Loki is definitely setting something up but I don't know what Falcon and Winter Soldier actually set up for us but yeah so uh, I'll be passionately watching that over the next few weeks
1: yeah I'm not sure how many episodes it is I can't remember whether it's six or eight this one but uh, yeah I'm I think it's six I I think it's six as well but I'm definitely going to be watching the rest of it I I think they're doing some very interesting things with that show and uh, yeah I know what you mean about Falcon and Winter Soldier I mean it did have a purpose because its main purpose I think was to Introduce Falcon as Captain America but yes. I, as a straight MCU drama it's not quite as interesting and as different as some of the others and I'm kind of like you I like the weirder off the wall things so uh, yeah. I mean not that there is anything wrong with Ultimate Winter Soldier I think it was a solid enough show but I think the you know certainly WandaVision was a wonderful way of kicking things off of sort of stamping a slightly weirder direction onto the TV series so I'm looking forward to seeing where they go with the rest of them.
0: On oh, Friday just gone I started watching season two of love victor on disney plus um absolutely brilliant opening quite emotional it's a really good drama it's a very sweet saccharine way of looking at this young person's life and it's really well done but you know when you look upon all the actors being five or six years older than the character they're playing and they're all uh, heterosexual actors as well playing gay characters Mm -hmm. there's there's this extra layer to it that you've got to see but you know what they're doing having it on this channel on star having it really accessible to young people people I think it's a really good show and uh, I'll be watching that weekly um, and I recently started I know they're all ready for me to watch uh, Breeders I started last week the Martin Freeman Daisy Haggard show I'm three episodes in and I'm also uh, plowing my way through solar opposites not as quick as I wanted I remember I said now it's finished I'm going to try and finish them all I just slowed down a bit recently yeah. Um, so yeah I'm currently watching those so not watching loads at the moment I've, I've really sort of scaled down because my brain wasn't managing to cope with work and all the TV I was watching but um, I'm really picking out quality stuff that I'm watching as well, which is what, what makes me focus around this time and yeah. really look at the stuff that I want to watch. Um, so yeah, that's me. Uh, quite a small list this time around. Uh, what about you so- yourself, Dave? What have you been watching?
1: Well, before I get into TV shows I've been watching, there was a bit of news that popped up today, which I just wanted to bring up because uh, when you were last on, we were talking about the Friends reunion and yes. uh, we were talking about James Michael Tyler, who plays Gunther, only having a very, very short little bit on, that and doing it over video rather than being there in person and the reason for that has come out today uh really sad news he has prostate cancer and it's oh. it's stage four and whilst is having chemotherapy for it it has spread to his bones as well so he is battling it but i mean if you know anything about cancer you know that that's not a great diagnosis to get so that was obviously the reason why he couldn't travel i would think at the uh, reunion because he he was diagnosed i think three years ago and he'd been keeping it quiet but he did come out today and make the announcement that that's what he's dealing with so our oh, best wishes to him and good luck. It's a very, very difficult thing he's having to go through at the moment and uh, yeah, I uh, hope he gets through it but to say the prognosis is not brilliant, unfortunately. Mm, Just wanted to mention that in terms of TV shows i will be watching um, Handmaid's Tale came back for the fourth season this week so I watched the first episode of that I've managed to kind of avoid spoilers because it's all gone out on Hulu in the US, I've managed to avoid any kind of major spoilers for it really solid opening the if you remember where we left everything at the end of last season, June had been shot and they were on the run and they were trying to get to a particular place. There is war brewing between Gilead and Canada. So it sort of just picks up and continues on from pretty much where we left it and how June kind of copes with the aftermath of the events of season three. Solid performances throughout, gripping, compelling. Same thing, Handmaid's has been pretty much since the beginning, I would say. Uh, And uh, just a wonderful continuation of that show. So I've been really enjoying that harlequin season two which i have seen the first few episodes of actually because it was on the dc press portal but uh, it will have now gone out by the time we air this it, it will have gone out on uk tv Hurrah. that is back on e4 alongside rick and morty they're running those two next to each other and uh, i think that's a great coupling harlequin season two opens up with gotham in complete chaos and various crime lords have taken over you know various supervillains have taken over parts of Gotham and uh, Harley's still being kind of cut out of everything, so she's trying to sort of make her own way and make her own mark on it. It's absolutely fantastic. It's one of the best depictions of uh, Harley I have ever seen. Kaylee Corriveau does a, an amazing job in that role. She's so good. The relationship between her and uh, Poison Ivy is brilliant and um, continues to work really, really well. If you want to go and catch that, it's on Monday nights. I think at 10pm. I think that's airing on E4. So. Uh, well well worth going to watch finished a couple of series Sweet Tooth I got to the end of really really enjoyed that it's a wonderful lovely family drama with a nice sort of sci-fi twist to it the basic premise of it is it's a a pandemic that uh, kicks everything off and uh, people have started to get sick a bunch of people have died but at the same time a lot of the children that are being born are being born as hybrids and they're human based babies crossed with some form of animal and the child that we're following is a kid called Gus who is at this point probably about 10 years old and he's uh, part human part deer boy basically he's been taken in the woods by his dad and he's been protected pretty much and told you know not to leave a particular area something happens to his dad a loner comes along and reluctantly ends up taking him on a adventure journey as they go and try and find and Gus's mother, who he believes is in this particular city. So they sort of are trying to head out there. And uh, it's a great relationship between the loner and the kid because it's very much a sort of this kid turns up and tags along, and the loner doesn't really want him there. And he's kind of tried to get rid of him a couple of times, but they end up sort of staying together. It ends in a really interesting place. I really hope they get a second season for it because I've seen nothing but. Positive reviews about this show. I just hope people have been watching it because you know what Netflix is like. If the numbers aren't there, then it doesn't get picked up again. So we'll have to see. But I really, really hope that they uh, bring that back because I thought it was a wonderful, wonderful series. I also finished The Nevers as well, the first six episodes of that. There are 12 episodes in the first season, but they've only released six so far. That ends in a really interesting spot. It does that sort of Whedon thing of taking a sharp right turn in the sixth episode to the point where you're sort of looking and going, wait, am I watching the right show? Because the entire premise of The Nevers is it's set in this sort of 1930s, mm-hmm. and you have a bunch of kind of X-Men-esque, super-powered people that have gained their powers by this alien thing that flew over the city. And you're following this woman who has set up this kind of orphanage, which is almost a sort of Xavier School collect these people together because obviously the regular folk are quite scared of them and they all have various powers from like chucking fireballs to turning things into glass to reading minds and all sorts of things. So there's a whole bunch of different powers in there. The sixth episode takes this sort of sharp right turn in that it sort of explains how the alien got there in the first place and gives a bit more of a reveal of not exactly how they got their powers but sort of what's going on and explains some more of the background of some of the characters as well so that is a really interesting episode I think it ends in a really interesting place I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with the next six and whether it comes back for another season because it was obviously tied up with all the Joss Whedon stuff when that came out Whedon is no longer involved with the show other than being exec producer because he created it in the first place but it's now he's not showrunner there are a bunch of other writers on it so he doesn't have any direct involvement in the show so it be interesting to see whether that gets beyond the twelve episodes or whether his involvement with it kills it or not. But um I hope they continue it because I did really enjoy it. I think it's an interesting series and particularly where they turned on that sixth episode as well. That's on Sky Atlantic over here and you can go and get it on now T V and on demand and stuff. And nine one one and nine one one Lone Star both came back as well. What I love about nine one one is they always spend the opening episode blowing up part of LA, which is hilarious it's like a a tsunami or an earthquake or you know there's the last couple of seasons the opening episode has been something catastrophic happening to la and once again it was the same sort of thing so it's an earthquake in this one and they're sort of dealing with the aftermath of that so that's been really good introduces gina torres as the new paramedic captain who is brilliant and i mean gina torres is wonderful in absolutely everything so i'm perfectly happy that she's there and uh, i think she's a good replacement for liv tyler She's taken over that role and uh, I think she fits in perfectly well. Really looking forward to seeing that. And Lone Star opens with a tank crushing a bunch of things, which is great fun as well. So I love those in terms of procedurals. I think they're two of the best procedurals out there. Definitely worth watching. They're wonderful and uh, different to pretty much everything else. They like to go all out and they're fun and uh, definitely worth watching if you've not caught those. Any of those you've seen? So Nevers, I'm two
0: episodes in. I saw 911 and Lone Star came back, but I just didn't have the space this week. I was still watching episodes of um, things like Grey's and The Good Doctor and Swap, which have all got on like repeat. And by the time I've watched all those, there was no time in the evening to start a new one. But I definitely, well, I love 911. I think that is such good procedural drama, the way it's put together. So that that is one I'll definitely be watching. Uh, probably start it this week. knowing me, I'm going away this weekend, so I might take my now TV stick with me if yeah. the weather's going to be like this and it continues. <laughs> but yeah, 911 will do. Nevers two episodes in, I am struggling a little bit with it, uh, but I will persevere and try and get through because uh, I want to get to the second half of the season, which I hear is, is going to be very different.
1: Yeah, do stick with the Nevers. It's not without its issues. I think there are maybe a few too many characters. You're trying to follow lots of people. They've rammed a lot of story into a very short space of time. So you are kind of playing you know, catch up, keep up, keep up, keep up all the way through. But I'd rather have it that way than it be flat and boring. You know, so yeah, um, yeah. There, there is a certain amount of that, but there is a lot going on in that show it does feel a bit like they picked bits from a whole bunch of different things and like threw it all together into a big melting pot but certainly watch it until the sixth episode i think that does start to explain a lot of things that are going on and maybe gives a signpost to where it may move forward i definitely think it's going to be uh, worth continuing watching and i'm very interested to see the next six episodes that we know are definitely coming definitely want to keep an eye on just it is a little tricky to follow in places only anything. So, that's all the stuff we've been doing this week. Let's move on to some TV and film news.
0: This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love.
1: So we start off the TV and film news with the renewals, cancellations and pickups. Another big NBC cancellation we kick off with. Manifest has been cancelled after three seasons on NBC. This was the the third out of the four shows which were left at the end of the Upfronts, which NBC hadn't done anything with. They've now cancelled three of them, so Debris and Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, as we mentioned last week, have been cancelled. Manifest makes the third one good girls is the only one that they haven't made an announcement about yet but uh, given that they've cancelled the other three that doesn't necessarily look so good because i did wonder whether they cancelled two and saved two but they've cancelled three so i do wonder which way they're going to leap on good girls the interesting thing with manifest was actually out of those four shows by far manifest was the highest rating by some margin and was actually higher rated than some of the things that they have already renewed such as the black. Blacklist and New Amsterdam. But the problem it has is Manifest is made by WBTV. It's an outside studio, which means that NBC don't make as much money back off it as they would if they had it completely under their control. Ultimately, it seems that that deal maybe is the thing that killed it, certainly for NBC. Jeff Rake, who is the creator and showrunner, posted on Twitter just afterwards saying, Dear Manifesters, I'm devastated at NBC's decision to cancel us. To be shut down in the middle is a gut punch, to say the least. Hoping to find a new home. You, the fans, deserve an ending to your story. Thanks for the love you show me, the cast and crew. Hashtag Save Manifest. So that was the thing he Jeff Rate posted out. The reason that he talks about it being shut down in the middle, as he had previously said, he'd actually got a six-season arc planned out for it. We're three seasons in, so basically, yes, we'd be. it's been shut down in the middle of it. Interestingly, a week prior to NBC, cancelling the series Netflix had struck a deal with WBTV who make it to begin streaming the first two seasons in a second run window on Netflix in the US that has been sat at the number one spot and stayed there even after the cancellation news landed which is a really interesting sign and it seems that WBTV and Netflix are discussing possibilities of rescuing it for a fourth season we'll have to see what whether that goes anywhere and these things are notoriously tricky to work out but you have to bear in mind that not to give too much false hope but the last hugely successful thing that they rescued was also a WB TV show and it was Lucifer and that ran for way more seasons than I think people thought it would do when Netflix grabbed it and a lot more episodes so there is a possibility that we may see Netflix rescue it but it's by no way guaranteed but there are talks apparently going on about whether they can find a way to make the finances work. But, you know, as I say, they did it once with Lucifer. Maybe they can do it again with this. So... <laughs> just to break in here, Dave from the future, just after we finished recording this podcast, sources came out in the press saying that Netflix had passed on Manifest and it seems like it is now not going anywhere. But wanted to give you a quick update on that. I'm sorry, Manifest fans, but it looks like it is definitely going to be dead after three seasons. Back to the show. Was that a show you watched, man? manifest
0: no i'm I'm, st- I'm gutted about zoe's playlist I, I i wasn't too fussed about manifest but it is just weird that they do not want to sort of support those cult following shows at the moment and like mm. some of those are real feel good well manifest isn't as much feel good but it's, it's like that mystery it's got a story to tell zoe's is feel good i mean if they were to get rid of good girls as well i just think who is making the decisions because some of the things they do bring out that last one season or uh, are just so formulaic just aren't interesting and it's sad news when we lose a programme I just hope that somewhere along the line they could save a few of them and we yeah. can get some rescues but we know that's not always possible because we see good programmes being cancelled all the time by channels like Netflix and even Channel 4 recently have been dropping some really good programmes mm. um, after one one or two great seasons and it's just like well, where's your decision making coming from and yeah so
1: Yeah I mean in the UK particularly with Channel 4 Channel 4's problem is that unlike every other major broadcaster in the UK, Channel 4 entirely relies on advertising. So if it doesn't get enough eyes on it during the live viewing, they can't renew it. And that's essentially the problem. It's one of those things that they need to sort out. Nobody's quite figured out a way of doing it because it's an outdated model and I don't know what's going to happen moving forward. They need to find some better way of funding those channels because at the moment that has become a real issue for them and they produce some great stuff but there was a report actually out in the us on one of the industry trades where it was talking about is network tv a place where you now can't do those weirder off-the-wall things. Have you got to go to a streaming service if you've got a slightly off-the-wall show? You're going to have to leave those things to streaming services because they just don't survive on network TV. And I think maybe yeah. that is true. Certainly, I think we're getting to a point where you're going to see a lot less things being bought by outside studios. They're all going to want to start owning their own content. They've now all got their own streaming services. You know, Paramount Plus belongs to Viacom CBS warner brothers stuff which is uh hbo max and the cw abc has disney plus and nbc has peacock so unless they're doing production deals directly with foreign companies so they get all the u.s broadcast rights it's one of those things where you're going to see a lot less of networks broadcasting stuff from outside studios because financially it just doesn't make sense for them anymore um Mm. so it's difficult it's really tricky It's very interesting. There are various, you know, if if you're a company that makes TV shows and don't have a TV network as well, it also makes my life slightly more difficult for you. Because if you're somebody like Lionsgate who makes brilliant TV series, but it makes it more difficult because despite the fact there are so many more channels, it's more difficult to sell it to a network. Streaming services are more likely to pick it up, but it's very difficult to get things on network TV at this point. So yeah, Mm -hmm. it's it's gonna be interesting moving forward, I think. In terms of other cancellations, the mood which was a Dennis Leary series it ran for two seasons on Fox I don't think it ever aired over here that's been cancelled which is no great surprise because they pulled it from the network with about four episodes left so um, that's not coming back Grand Army which is some teen drama that was on Netflix has been cancelled after one season that was so obscure that but I'd never even heard of it so <laughs> clearly didn't get much promotion or have many eyes on it but uh, that's uh, been cancelled after one season and Dad's stop embarrassing me which was the Jamie Foxx sitcom which starred Jamie Foxx and was produced by Jamie Foxx that's been cancelled after one season so not even something starring Jamie Foxx survives Netflix (laughs) I know somebody posted saying yeah I watched about five minutes of the first episode and thought nope so uh, yeah that's um it it was
0: awful I don't know what they were trying to do with it Uh, and I it it was more about the script more than anything I don't think it was to do with him it was just the script just wasn't very good and when you've got someone of that calibre and you bring in such a terrible script, of course it's not going to last. And yeah, I watched a few episodes of it and I was like, why am I watching this? I've got better things out there I could be watching.
1: Yeah, that was entirely sort of Jamie Foxx's baby as well. So I don't know what he was thinking. I think he wanted to do a sort of straight traditional sitcom. And uh, I think they thought that the name would bring it in, but uh, they apparently should have found some better writers for it. Um, In terms of Renewals, Cruel Summer, which runs on Amazon in the UK, it's another teen drama, runs on Freeform in the US. That has been renewed for a second season. So that is coming back. Girls Forever has been renewed for a second season. That's a Peacock series. I don't think it's got a UK home at the moment. And uh, from the US as well, The Hardy Boys has been renewed on Hulu for a second season. You'd think that'd show up on Disney+, Plus, but I think it's a buy-in for Hulu in the US. So that's why we haven't seen that over here. And I doubt that given The Hardy Boys seems to sit in that same sort of area as something like Nancy Drew, I would have thought. I'm not convinced that we'll see that get picked up because the Nancy Drew series is like three seasons in and that's never been picked up, ever That's been renewed, though, for a second season. In terms of pickups, Peter Jackson's The Beatles Get Back has got an air date that is going to be landing on Disney Plus Worldwide. If you haven't heard about this, it's a six-hour docu-series premiering in three two-hour episodes which are going to go out on the uh, on the 25th, the 26th, and 27th so uh, it's Thanksgiving weekend basically in the US that that's running out over. It's a bunch of previously unseen footage about the Beatles so if you're a Beatles fan it's definitely going to be a must see thing. He is using some of the techniques that they put together for the incredible documentary that he did called They Shall Not Grow Old. A lot of the techniques that they learnt for that in terms of restoring older footage they put some of that work into restoring some of the stuff of this uh, Beatles footage as well so there's going to be a lot of interesting things that you've never seen before it's been fully supported by the uh, remaining Beatles and their families as well so I'm really intrigued to see it he's gone through hours and hours and hours of Beatles stuff I'm very interested to see that but Thursday the 25th the first episode goes out with them following on the Friday and the Saturday as well so that's six hours worth of stuff for that Beatles fan. not
0: usually I guess tell you a reason why obviously uh, my history as a film teacher for when I first started one of the films I had to watch with my students over and over again was um, a hard day's night (laughs) and I watched it about six times in the space of three years I like the Beatles I like their music but watching the film was really hard work because children of the age they were trying to connect them with something like the Beatles and understand their importance in context at the time they were making music was such hard work Uh, you know. So uh, yes, yeah, I, can imagine. I, I, I won't rush to watch these. It's giving me some going back into that classroom.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's coming to Disney+. Plus. Uh, Truth Be Told Season 2, they've got a date for that. That's 20th of August. Uh, that was really good, the first season of that. That's first episode followed by new episodes every Friday. That's on Apple TV. That's his landing. And uh, Star Trek Picard Season 2, there was a little teaser trailer that they gave out for Picard Day, which is a thing, apparently. Uh, in the Star Trek community. So for Picard Day, they launched a little first look at Q and his return to Star Trek. It seems like there's going to be a lot of messing around with time and all that sort of stuff in this uh, second season. So I'm really interested to see that. That's going to be landing in 2022. As I think we mentioned last week, Star Trek Discovery is going to be late 2021 and Strange New World, I think it's 2022. So uh, there's going to be lots of new Star Trek stuff coming in towards the end of the year and next year as well. Moving on to some uh, network shows, there was a big announcement for The Blacklist this week, the NBC series. Megan Boone is apparently leaving after eight seasons. Now, if you watch The Blacklist, that's a bit of a shock, although it does make a certain amount of sense if you've watched the eighth season, because she plays Elizabeth Keene, who is one of the two leads alongside James Spader, who plays Raymond Redding. It's essentially taking out one of the lead characters, which is a kind of interesting move because they have already renewed it. And the decision for her to leave was apparently done before the renewal came in. So it's not like it came as a big shock. If you've not seen it, stars Jade Spader as a criminal mastermind, Raymond Red Reddington, and Megan Boone as Elizabeth Keen, an FBI agent who is part of the Reddington Task Force, a group designed to take down Red's blacklist, individuals so dangerous devious that the US government is unaware of their very existence. If you've been watching the eighth season they did do a large stint where they removed Elizabeth Keane's character for about eight episodes without any explanation whatsoever and it seemed a bit weird because usually when that happens it's because the actress is pregnant or there has been some sort of health issue like a, you know a broken limb or something like that that they couldn't write in so usually there is a reason if a character like that leaves the show but this was never explained explained outside of the show it was explained inside the show why the character was missing it was never explained why the actress wasn't there i do wonder whether they were using this season as kind of a trial run to see whether the show could survive without her in it i do wonder mm-hmm. whether that was the sort of premise of it to sort of sell the idea to the network and clearly they thought it did because they did renew it for a ninth season so it is coming back you watch the blacklist don't you or i
0: after? did up till about i got so confused it's when i lost sky many Few years back, right. I think I watched it up till about season six, I want to say, um, and then yeah, I got lost and never picked it up. And then I thought I was too many seasons behind. By the time eight came back, I did enjoy it up until then. It was so far fetched in some cases, yeah. wasn't it? It was really stretched the imagination. But no, I, I enjoyed the concept of it. But um, I'm not sure. I really like Megan Boone. I don't know if I'd jump back in to watch it if I know that she's on her way out.
1: Yeah, I mean, it has been interesting this season, and I do think that they've possibly got to a point with her character that I I think they've probably taken it as far as they can possibly go and I rather suspect that ninth season will be something of a soft reboot for the show. It will be interesting to see whether they bring somebody else in as a co-lead or whether they'll leave it as the current cast and just spread things around a bit more because although there are two main leads in it, there is also quite a strong ensemble cast with it as well. I mean they've got some very good actors in there. I think it can work without Elizabeth Keane as a character in there. And I think it will add an interesting dimension to be able to spin the show off in a slightly different direction. It does also say that although she's leaving, they're describing it as her last appearance as a series regular. So that does imply, uh, I don't know what happens in the finale, but that does imply that she doesn't get killed off at some point, And she is still out there and potentially could come back for, you know, little guest spots and arcs and stuff if they want. There's no sort of explanation as to why she's leaving. It could just be a case of she's done eight seasons and had enough and maybe her contract is up. I mean, I would think a contract probably is up if because they usually sign for seven or eight seasons. So I think it may be just she wants to move on at this point. But it also could
0: lead to the slow end to the season as well because that screen partnership of those two is really quite, I remember it being quite good and they really played well against one another. I could see this possibly going on for a couple of seasons. And then, you know, uh, James Spader doing the same and saying, it's mm-hmm. actually time, time to end it. And I think he'll be the key, wouldn't he? If he decided to go, they'd end yeah. it. Simple as, yeah.
1: Yeah. Cause I mean, you cannot do the show without James Spader in it. I mean, no, I, no. I, although I am saying they're co-leads, you really, I mean, you can't do the show without Raymond Reddington in it because he is the guy that's providing the blacklist. I think it would be very difficult to continue it without him. Mm-hmm. So, um It'll be interesting to see where they go with it for a ninth season. I think it's got to a point where not necessarily a bad thing that they're going to try and refresh it a little bit. I do want to see what they do with the ninth season and see whether it does work. Hopefully it will and, you know, they can keep it going until James decides he doesn't want to do it anymore. But uh, yeah, I've enjoyed that show a lot. Uh, There is quite a lot of story to get through, though. I mean, it is one of those things that if you miss a few episodes, you completely lost. Eight seasons currently running on Sky 1 at the moment. And so uh, we are a few episodes off from the end. So that will be upcoming. Moving over onto NCIS, the 19th season of that, which has already been ordered, there are some rumours flying around that Gary Cole is in talks for a major role in the 19th season. So obviously yeah, NCIS, huge, big procedural drama about the Naval Criminal Investigation Service. The show currently is led by Michael, Mark Harmon, who plays Leroy Jethro Gibbs, and rumours have been circulating for quite a while that Harmon is kind of at the point after 18 seasons that he's sort of ready to move on. He did sign up for the 19th season, although it isn't entirely clear if he's going to be around for the whole of the 19th season. There is some suggestion that Gary Cole may be being brought in as a replacement to take over. We don't know anything about the character that he's playing other than apparently it's a major role. That's all they've really said. Gary Cole if you're trying to place that name he was in The Good Fight and The Good Wife as Kirk McVeigh. Played Carl Grissom in Chicago Fire. He's also, I know him better, he played Kent in Veep and was in Suits as well as Cameron Dennis. Uh, he's been in Mixed if quite recently. He also does a bunch of voice actors. He plays Harvey Birdman in the Adult Swim series. Done voices for Family Guy for Archer, F is for Family, Troll the beat goes on big mouth bob's burgers a whole bunch of other stuff there's a whole load of voice acting he does veeps the thing that i know him for so uh, it's interesting because i know him more for a comedy role and this is obviously going to be a much more serious thing than that do you watch ncis i it's not one that i particularly got into in terms of the procedurals and like you're 18 seasons in now so i'm kind of a bit lost yeah. in it <laughs>
0: no it's not been something I've ever followed Um, yeah some of these longer ones I've never got into like um, SVU and NCIS never got into them but I remember Gary Cole and his appearance on uh, Chicago Fire uh, um, as well like that he was a real villainous role in that Um, and it it really led through a couple of seasons he's a really good actor he's very strong what I will say though if we're looking for diversity he is a a white man of a certain age that completely matches what Mark Harmon is and -hmm. you just maybe wonder if they should be pushing the diversity a little bit more in that program because they're replacing like for like and Mm. i'm not sure if that's always the right decision so
1: yeah no i i do get that and we don't know that that is the role that he's going into the the suggestion is that's probably what he's been looked at for and uh he's in talks for it we don't know whether he's actually going to take it we don't know whether exactly what that role is but it does seem to be suggesting that they are searching for somebody to transition mark Harmon out of the series and it's not like shows can't survive without a major lead change. I mean, there's a number of these long-running procedurals that have had that. I mean, CSI went through two or three different people in the main CSI show as leads. So, it's a show that can certainly survive with a change of lead, but uh, it's going to be obviously very different. And again, it comes up with a certain amount of refreshing for these long-running shows as well. So, if that gets confirmed, we'll let you know, obviously. The other thing of course, we don't know with NCIS now, is where, if anywhere, you're going to be able to watch it in the UK because it was one of the shows that was on Fox, but it's a CBS show. So, it was a Fox UK show, CBS show in the US. None of the CBS series, so NCIS, New Orleans Bull, and the main NCIS have got new homes since they opted to shut down Fox UK. A bunch of the shows have moved on to star on Disney+, Plus, but the CBS shows have haven't been given a new home yet. I rather suspect that NCIS will end up somewhere because it's a huge show. I suspect somebody will pick that up because it's a long, big name continuing series. Sky would be the obvious people, but it may be a case of Viacom CBS who own the Channel 5 channels, may decide to keep it for themselves and maybe put it on something like 5USA. Same goes for Bull, because they already ran second run rights for Bull, so it may be that they start premiering Bull on there. Difficult to say with NCAS New Orleans because that's only got one season left. Um, It's really unfortunate that that has got one season left and they've decided to shut down Fox. I suspect that may turn up if nowhere else. At some point in the future, that may turn up on 5USA if nobody else picks it up. The only other place that I could see it going is onto one of the streaming services if they have all the previous series as well. But at the moment, no idea on any of those shows where they're going to end up. The last new story we've got for today is a Disney Plus one and they have officially ordered a Beauty and the Beast series live action. It's going to star Luke Evans and Josh Gad as Gaston and LeFou and they're introducing Brian and Middleton as well who is going to play LeFou's stepsister Tilly. The series is set on the iconic Kingdom of Beauty and the Beast years before the Beast and Belle's epic romance. The series will follow Gaston and LeFou as they set off with LeFou's stepsister Tilly after a surprising revelation from her past comes to light sending the unlikely trio off on an unexpected journey filled with romance comedy and adventure. Well the mysteries of the past are uncovered and the dangers of the present grow old friends and new enemies reveal that this familiar kingdom harbours many secrets. It's sort of a setup of how two strange people like Gaston and LeFou ended up somehow becoming friends and partners. That's the sort of basis idea for it. So um, <laughs> I think I've seen the live action movie and uh, they, Luke Evans and Josh Gad are great in that and they're really, really well cast. I don't know Brianna Middleton at all. She is a relative newcomer, which is why you might not know that name. But yeah, I mean, the other two reprising their roles, so I think he's great. It's developed, exact produced and written by Josh Gad himself, along with Edward Kisses and Adam Horowitz, who the um, two people that were behind Once Upon a Time, so have a long history of dealing with kind of disney characters they're serving and fairy, as, tales, and yeah. fairy tales and stuff so uh, they're serving as the co-show runners for it so i think that's a solid pair of people i mean it sounds like it could be quite as good
0: as soon as i saw that story I'd, I'd, I'd recently just listened to luke evans on an interview podcast somewhere else and he was just saying so it may have been recorded in the last couple of weeks that he was off for eight months to columbia or somewhere to film something and so when i read this i was like well wow, they can't be starting this until at least 2022 then I saw that it was they're not actually going to go into filming are they Till much later down the line no. uh, because Luke Evans is involved in a big project um, for about the next eight months and I just think imagine taking eight months of your life to go and film a project and then you come back and you've got the next one lined up already no break no break for the actors <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah no no all right for some I mean that's what you want as an actor though is to go from one job straight into another yeah. it's going to go into production in spring 2022 that so it is a while off and I mean if that's only starting production in spring it's going to be at the very earliest christmas i would say 2022 before you see it on screen depending how many episodes it is and stuff so i mean that that's going to be a while off it may even be 2023 before it actually makes it on screen but um i Mm. i think that it's nice to see them doing some interesting stuff with the live action disney side of things using the actual disney characters because i don't think they've done that many of you know they've done films and things but i don't think they've done series particularly so i think this is a sort of interesting one and i think it's got a solid group of people behind it so that should be good so that's all the news for this week let's move on to some highlights for the next few weeks on tv We have highlights for the next few weeks. The reason for that is I am taking a two-week break. We will be back on Tuesday, the thirteenth of July. So uh, I've got a little break lined up. So uh, we won't be a show for the next couple of weeks. There will be some interview podcasts, I think, going out, but uh, there won't be a a normal show for a couple of weeks. So I've done some highlights running right up until when we come back. We'll start off with Bosch, which returns for its seventh and final in quotes season on Amazon Prime. That's on the 25th of June. That, of course, is sort of its final season, but they have got a spin-off show coming which has half the same cast in it, including the guy that plays Bosch. So (laughs) it's sort of finished, but sort of not. That's season seven of that on Amazon Prime, 25th of June, that lands. Party of Five, which is the reimagining of the classic 19 series, only ran for one season, so it is already cancelled. But if you fancy going and seeing that, that's coming to all four on the 25th of June as well. Central Park, season two of that, that's the Apple animated musical comedy, again, starring Josh Gad. That's coming the 25th of June as well on Apple TV+. Plus. Then over on Disney on the 25th as well, we've got Mysterious Benedict Society, which is a new show which placed undercover at a boarding school known as the Institute. A group of orphans must foil a nefarious plot with global ramifications while creating a new sort of family along the way. It looks like a really fun show. It's got Tony Hale in in the lead as Mr. Benedict in it as well so uh, Tony Hale's wonderful you'll know him from Veep that could be well worth watching that's coming on the 25th of June then moving on to the 29th of June we start with the Arrowverse finally returning in the UK we're kicking off with Supergirl season 6 that's the final season on the 29th of June at 8pm then that's followed on the 30th of June by Legends of Tomorrow season 6 at 8pm and then The Flash Season 7, which is on the 1st of July at 8pm. So I think that's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. You may have seen these in a slightly different order kicking around. That's because Sky changed them around at the last minute. And also whoever did the advert on TV got the order wrong as well the first time they put it out. So there's been, and they've been oh, in oh. like three completely different orders, but I am told this is the locked order now. So it's Supergirl's Legends Flash is the order that they are covering. out out in that is the locked correct order they are telling me now but there has been a few variations of that flying around. That's
0: going to be awkward for that person doing the editing (laughs) Yeah
1: somebody in the graphics department I think had a very bad Monday morning so Mm. moving on to Alibi on the 5th of July at 11pm they are starting to run The Good Wife from season 1 so if you missed that show before you can catch it now on Alibi that's going to be running on there over on Star on Disney Plus on the 7th of July, American Dad Season 17 starts so that is now premiering on Star on Disney Plus, that's one of the shows that's been relocated from Fox also on Disney Plus on the 7th of July you have Monsters at Work starting, which looks like such a wonderful fun series, based around the Monsters Inc. franchise of course and uh, it's 7th of July for that on Disney Plus, that's Monsters at Work. Resident Evil Infinite Darkness, which is the CGI anime based on the Resident Evil universe That starts on Netflix on the 8th of July. Also on Netflix, you have Atypical, the fourth and fifth season of that brilliant comedy that is coming back. That is starting on the 9th of July on Netflix. And also on the 9th of July, season two of Biohackers, which is a superb German language drama that is coming back for its second season on the 9th of July as well. So there's lots and lots of stuff coming up. There is a whole bunch of other things coming up in June and July as well. Go and check out the website for lists of anything coming up and there will be bits and pieces going up on the website whilst I'm off as well that's all the shows and all the stuff we have and we'll be back in a couple of weeks if they want to find you in the intervening time where can they get to you
0: come and follow me over on twitter at grey the geek see me moaning about consumer stuff but also putting things up about my tv and my weekend Uh, yeah come and have a chat with me
1: yeah go ahead have a chat with uh, grey that's grey with an a the geek over on twitter for other people involved in the show bex you can find on twitch.tv Forward slash Trista Bytes, that's B Y T E S. She's streaming daily and various evenings. Lots of fun stuff over there, they've been doing. And so go and check her out over on her stream. For Matt, he's got lots and lots of podcasts coming out over on entertainmenttalk.org. So you can go and find that over there, including the Breaking Bad podcast, which I'm doing with him right now. You can also go and check out Daryl on HollywoodNorthNews.net for all the TV shows you love, which are shot in Canada so go and check him out over there for us you can go to the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week see all the latest air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions and comments email us on podcast at leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown on instagram at geektown uk we shall be back on tuesday the 13th of july i shall see you then Bye 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 bye